Thought Lounge podcast. On this episode, we have an excerpt from a Thought Lounge session with Sven Nith on cognitive bias. Enjoy! I wanted to talk about uh, cognitive bias, which has kind of a really nice connection to the first topic we talked about. And so the idea is like, there has been a lot of research in cognitive psychology and related disciplines. And the upshot is kind of like, people often make irrational decisions. People are in some ways like systematically biased in how they think and make decisions and therefore irrational. Let me give an example to like illustrate that, like the sunken coast fallacy. I'm sure you all have like experienced that. It's basically like you put a lot of effort into something and you know it's not going to work out. It's not happening. For example, like a project, like you put a lot of money in it, a lot of like your resources and your time and you know it's not going to happen. But in, and so you think, okay, maybe I should quit. But then you're like, no, I already put so much effort into it, I have to keep going. But that's like really irrational and really bad because you're just going to inv- uh, invest more and more resources and all the resources are lost in the end. And that's, that's the idea of like sunken cost fallacy. What you invested is already gone. So it shouldn't influence your decision. Your decision should just depend on like future prospects. Like, is it valuable to like now invest more time and energy in this project? Yeah, but people don't think that way. There is a lot of research and people have like these predictable biases. Another bias is like loss aversion. So people fear losing stuff more than they like winning stuff. So I have a like a greater aversion against losing $5 than I have a utility from gaining $5. And that's also rational because like depend depending on whether you frame a choice between this gain and this loss or this loss and this gain you're going to influence people's decision. For example, like uh, if I want to sell you something, I shouldn't say, okay, you can get this cool, like, I don't know, uh, pen or knife or whatever. I should say something like, if you're not going to buy it, you lose this opportunity. And then you're going to be much more likely to like buy it. And that's also rational because it just depends on the framing, the way I put it. And my question is basically, given these empirical results, what should we do? Should we like try to overcome our bias or should we like just acknowledge that we're like limited, irrational, emotional creatures and that's just the way we go through life or like how should we proceed? Should we teach these biases in high school to make people more attentive to them? Or should we just say no, that's just human, human reason is finite. I think kind of stupid. (laughs) I think that, I mean high school and education itself could use a lot more of that type of psychology and like you know knowledge of how other humans work in order because that's stuff that you can really use in real life you know you know when you're dealing with other people i mean (laughs) i was just talking with um another thought lounge person the guy in napa um who was uh uh who was talking about um how 99 percent of uh, americans will not use anything they learned in high school advanced <laughs> academic classes, which is insane. Oh, in their jobs, I mean. and yeah. which is terrible. That means you're wasting 99% of people's time. So I think that, yes, any and all of this bias teachings could be, you know, definitely help people. I mean, and certainly make it less of a waste of time when they're in high school. And but do you think the knowledge of these biases would, is it going to change you? Like, would it change your opinions moving forward? Or are, are we, like, 
So I just don't know if it would make a difference if they were taught. They've probably done experiments on that too. I imagine the results are somewhat positive. Uh, I don't. I don't know the like is exact studies on that, but I think I think at least in some cases it definitely helps. Like if you. Okay, so I mean, these these biases are more or less like intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. They're ways we intuitively think and make decisions, and it's definitely possible to overcome them if we have more time, and if we try to think in a like detached, rational manner. So I think, like, I don't know, if you're making a business decision or something, and you're in this meeting, you can definitely overcome this bias. But I think it's really hard to change our intuitions. That's right. the thing. Yeah. And in a lot of choices, you have to rely on your intuitions because you can't think about everything because then you wouldn't do anything. Well, I, mean, I would say that, that definitely would be a good thing to teach because it's, yeah. it's just information about something that you know is going to be relevant, which is yourself. <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're going to be around yourself for the rest of your life, uh, maybe even if you commit suicide. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so you need to, uh, to know that. And actually, it might do a lot to... Offenses, I can think of it. Uh, but uh, that you understand, you know, to look at yourself more objectively. Um, I would also, though, add to though that that uh, that there's like another program in there that that is because it's implicit, just like all intuitive judgments is, is kind of like going on question, which is the idea that that the rational way is the right way. So uh, I think in, in the case that we talk about money. More money is better than less money. That's it's, yeah. kind of, it's hard to argue with that too much, so that it works out all right. Uh, but but generally though, the rational way is is just one way you might want to behave. So if if you want to manage your life rationally, then, then most of those. And then you probably have there are probably other uh, observations parallel if you had other uh, systems of, of values, so to speak, uh, that, that would apply to. But the whole idea of becoming aware of your unconscious and how, how things work like that um, is definitely something we should do. Oh, I could throw out a question, though, that politically, though, what happens? Is there a reason that we haven't already... Is it, is it just an accident that we haven't already been learning this stuff? Because it's really... When you read these things like Kahneman, I assume it's a yeah. thing, it's, uh, that, that uh, you're like... Don't we already know this? Why don't we know this? How come it's not been in school? It's like, it's not that... Hard to imagine. <laughs> That's right, but I mean, it's also like a pretty kind of young field of research since like, I don't know, 30 years or yeah. something. People are doing that. Yeah, but, and curricula definitely change really slow. Yeah. I mean, I'm, but I also like to think about the political implications of it in the sense that, I don't know, it seems like if you're making politics, you should take all these things into account, right? So you shouldn't oh. assume that people make like, always rational decisions. But oh, they are. They yeah. are. Oh, that's that's not what I meant by political, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the political applications of that are huge. I mean, that's marketing. I think that's something really cool, like that, that, that was it, Mad Men, that, that program that was on for so long. Yeah. Because they got to see in a story form how the ad business works. It's yeah. generated. And it's been going on for a long time. So people are uh, becoming a lot more aware of that and, and, they, and they should. But no, I was thinking uh, politically. I was I wondering. I would. When I said political, I meant is it is it is it just chance or the fact that we just took a long time to discover these truths, uh, why they they weren't around before, or or did the powers that be not want us to know these things? Because there are tools for. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, consumerism is what we're supposed to do. But I mean, there's just it's 
it's not that far from political control. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to manipulate people if you know all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've always thought about like how I was thinking the other day about how I would give a speech to um, how I give a speech to the UN about, and this is connected, I promise. Um, how um, you know what would I, how would I give a speech? If I was to emulate one of the heroes I've seen in like TV and movies about how to save the world, right? Well, I thought, you know what they say? They say, if we don't do this, then the earth is doomed. That is what they always say. They never say, you know what? We should do this to make sure that we, you know, we stay alive and have great you know, prosperity for our children. They say, do this or we're going to die. And I think that that is the key component of heroism. Because heroism is not predicated on making one's life better. It's always stopping things from getting worse. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I think that's really profound. Oh, well, it does relate to the the loss aversion. Yeah, Yeah. it's loss aversion. But heroism is loss aversion, is what I think. Well, the hero's job is to prevent loss. It's not not fine gains. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 never see, like, a hero being a guy who, you know, I don't know, Signed a you know a tariff taking down tree that made trade go through you know two nations much better and made everyone you know more like happier and all that. Yeah, well, because we assume that he did it for his own good, right? Yeah, sometimes yeah. I mean, I mean, Bill Clinton, NAFTA. I mean, yeah, yeah, but that also like I think that's also kind of sinister because it means that we can easily manipulate people into following our policies if we like paint a picture of what's going to happen if they don't, right? For example, like, Patriot Act, right? I mean, it's kind of a huge intervention into civic rights and civic freedoms. And the main justification for it was, like, look, if we don't do this, we're going to have more terrorist attacks. And it works. It's a compelling justification for a lot of people. I mean, not for me, because I think that... I think, okay, I think the, like, amount of attention people pay to, like, terrorism is also just the result of a cognitive bias, like, salience. I mean, terrorism is bad. People die, but, like, people die all the time, and they drown in swimming pools or whatever. But it just doesn't make for, like, as impressive pictures in the media, and as, like, I don't know, vivid horror scenarios. Sven played a key role in the early development of Thought Lounge and is currently pursuing a PhD in philosophy at UC Berkeley. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thought Lounge podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to be the first to listen to our latest series, entitled We Need to Talk, in which we showcase a diverse range of commonly held but less heard perspectives on the hardest questions facing our society today. Till next time, good thinking always.